Welcome back to the New Wave Nerds. This week we're going to be discussing the uh, Writers Guild strike as well as we got a new project from Zack Snyder. It looks seems pretty interesting to me. We've got a little update on the timeline for Andor Season 2 as well as a new Stephen King adaptation in the works that's got a pretty stacked cast. Um, but before we get into the meat of the episode, we got a quick word from our sponsors here. Everybody stop what you're doing and listen up. This is an emergency. DEFCON 1. Yes. <laughs> code red. Yes, code red. Uh, we've got a brand new merch line. Heck, yes we do. We're officially dropping merch. We're calling it the signature line. And it is gorgeous. Multiple colors. We got t-shirts, crew necks, sweatshirts. And all the sizes. We don't just got larges. We don't got just, just got XLs. We got all. <laughs> we we stocked up, baby. Yo, yeah. Extra small to 4X. Yeah. Buy for the whole family. Exactly. We Even might, the little ones. We're going to drop baby merch soon. <laughs> yeah. What are onesies? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So go, go shop the merch. Uh, go find the link in our bio. It's on our Beacons page. Uh, it's going to be right at the top there. Yeah. You know, just slap it on. Go to the gym. Work out a little bit. Go on a date and wear that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's high quality, high class, definitely, you know, formal dinner attire. Honestly, you wear that in public, you're going to be getting girls, dude. And guys, women. Whatever you're into. <laughs> whatever whatever you prefer. Let's get back into the episode. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, our sponsors are us. <laughs> Wasn't that great? A nice little pre-recorded ad. We had a lot of fun making that. We were toying around, and by we, I mean Shade. Shade was toying around with making a, uh, a little rap. <laughs> to go to the to the beat of our intro, um, but I very quickly vetoed that idea. Although we may do it sometime because it still sounds like it's going to be pretty fun. But yeah, go buy the shirts. Uh, but anyways, this week uh, our top story it has to be the uh, the writers' strike that's been going on. So the other day, uh, and by the other day, I mean essentially a week ago. It was announced uh, by the Writers Guild of America that a stoppage would begin Tuesday, May the 2nd, at 12.01 in the morning. Uh, this is the first industrial action from the Guild in 15 years since the infamous Writers' Strike of 2008, which I believe uh, brought us the, the gold mine of television that is reality TV. So... That's unfortunate. I can't imagine what horrible genre we're going to get out of, out of this this strike. But um, in announcing the stoppage, the Guild released a statement saying that they, quote, began this process intent on making a fair deal, but the studio's responsive, excuse me, the studio's responses have been wholly insufficient given the existential crisis writers are facing, end quote. So some of the uh, issues that they were unable to reach an agreement on are the fact, <clears throat> or excuse me, are number one, guaranteed number of weeks employment for TV writers, protections against AI-based writing in WGA-covered work. That's an interesting one to me. Um, seems a little a little interesting that that's that's an issue, uh, though I can't. I suppose we can't be too surprised. Um, as well as the WGA pushing for an increase on the minimum number of writers working alongside a showrunner. So the um, the WGA wants there to be a minimum of <clears throat> a minimum of five to six writers working alongside the showrunner, whereas the uh, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the the AMPTP, um, 
is is go is uh, shooting for a much more small room style deal with uh, only two to three writers alongside the showrunner there, um, and the the WGA in uh, announcing this this stoppage is arguing that the AMPTP hasn't kept up with the changing landscape due to streaming platforms. Back in the day. Uh, the business model for for writers was that the the residual checks would keep them afloat and not exactly or, well and scrounging for for less change, um, but that uh, that has changed much since the you know since the uh, the the dissolution let's say of network uh, and the the pivot towards more streaming the WGA is looking to make changes in the contract that allow for a more stable um, financial <clears throat> financial situation for the writers. So the, the previous stoppage that I mentioned earlier in uh, 2007 and eight, it was uh, evidently 100 days, which I didn't know that. Um, but yes, it brought uh, a halt to a lot of the the late night shows and the, the live shows, uh, which is what we are seeing, seeing this time as well. Um, According to the Deadline, we have The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, uh, Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and The Daily Shows are all set to be shut down immediately. Um, some other weekly shows, uh, including Real Time with Bill Maher, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, have also been impacted. Um, though the last I had checked, there was no official announcement as to the state of those, but that was a couple days ago. Now, after this was announced, the AMPTP, that's again, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, they released a statement, and I'm just going to read their full statement to you here. It says, negotiations between the AMPTP and the WGA concluded without an agreement today. The AMPTP presented, I'm just going to say Alliance from now on, wherever they put that acronym, because that is a lot of letters. And for WGA, I'm just going to say GILD, <laughs> just to, to move things along a little bit. So the Alliance presented a comprehensive package proposal to the GILD last night, which included generous increases in compensation for writers, as well as improvements in streaming residuals. The Alliance also indicated to the GILD that it is prepared to improve that offer, but was unwilling to do so because of the magnitude of other proposals still on the table that the GILD continues to insist upon. The primary, excuse me, the primary sticking points are mandatory staffing and duration of employment. Guild proposals that would require a company to staff a show with a certain number of writers for a specified period of time, whether needed or not. The AMPTP members, oh, the Alliance members, sorry, I just, it was force a habit. Uh, the Alliance member companies remain united in their desire to reach a zeal that is mutually beneficial to writers and the health and longevity of the industry and to avoid hardship to the thousands of employees who depend on the industry for livelihoods. The Alliance is in willing to engage in discussions with the Guild in an effort to break this log jam. Um, now, that is interesting. I will say that the mandatory staffing thing, it does... I don't know necessarily whose side I'm on for that. You know, I, I sympathize with the Guild because, you know, they've got a lot of writers who need work. But then at the same time, if there's people that are just hanging around, as as the Alliance indicates here, if even if they're not needed, that sort of begs the question of, 
why are they there? You know, it seems to me like it's a waste of resources that, that could be put to use somewhere else. But what do I know? I'm not a financial guru by any definition of the phrase. Um, similarly, similarly, is that the correct word to use there? I don't know. Additionally, I am also not a writer. Uh, that is not my main source of income, and so I don't have any frame of reference uh, although obviously it is a a stereotype that the the struggling writer uh, who is is you know doing nothing but attempting to write and, and living off of beans and rice uh, that is a stereotype that is well known uh, and well utilized in lots of different productions. So you know it's tough. I I I think in general I'm on the side of the alliance here where I say. If they're not needed, then they don't need to. Uh, they don't need to be there because they're not needed. You know, <laughs> if anybody who is on staff, I think, should be essential, and if they're not essential, then well, probably time to pack up your things and go. With that being said, of course, like I mentioned earlier, I am sympathetic to the guild. Uh, I know that uh, that I support them on their whole. Uh, re- renegotiating the pay aspect uh, for for the the residuals issue. Um, I don't know. It's a, a can of worms. Hopefully, it gets uh, it gets resolved quick because there is quite a few projects that I actually care about <laughs> that are, that are being affected. Um, but so on on projects that are currently in production, according to the the rules of the guild, projects can still move forward with production, but if a writer does any actual writing, then they are subject to disciplinary action through the guild. So, for example, if somebody is a writer-slash-director, they could work on the actual directing of the project, but if any writing, any rewrites, any revisions are done, then they are subject to uh, disciplinary action as deemed by the guild. Now, that's I mean, understandable. It's also a little bit weird. No, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, you know, it's a it's a very tough situation when you when you get into any collective bargaining. Um, and especially when it's uh, it's uh, there, there's some tough decisions that would need to be made by the the showrunners here. Um, you know, if, if there's there's a, there's a a sort of some mental uh, a, a problem that you'd have to deal with, you know, working on what is likely your baby or getting some better working conditions. You know, I see there could be a struggle there. Um, I don't know what the disciplinary actions from the WGA would be. I don't necessarily know what that means, whether that's just a fine, whether it's the the revoking of privileges, excising from the actual guild, I don't know. Um but there's there's definitely some some shenanigans going on. Um now as for the projects that have been affected that I care about, we're gonna start off with television shows because there's a few more of them. Um the first one I've got listed here is The Rings of Power in Season 2. So, the showrunners will not be on set to finish Season 2, which is curious to me. Though, 
they have said that all of the writing is done. Obviously, they were already in production. Um, you may have heard that there has been some issues, uh, to put it lightly, with production. There was a fire on set. I believe a horse died. So there's some some stuff going on here. Um, but despite these multiple issues, production is still moving forward. Um, it is being headed up by the non-writing executive producers, directors, and crew, and they will oversee the last 19 days of filming. So presumably as long as there's no rewrites or anything, everything should go off without a hitch and it should essentially be the same product. But, you know, rewrites are always possible. Next up, we have Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones universe. What's that place called? Westeros. There we go. That's embarrassing. Um, a new a spin-off series that it was announced a while ago, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, has been paused. Um, this was going to be... Oh, sorry. It is The full title is A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, colon, The Hedge Knight. Um, that has been paused, and this was based off of a series of... I believe they were short stories, but they might have been... I'm pretty sure they were short stories, but they were written by George R. R. Martin in the Tales of Dunk and Egg. So I believe these follow... Uh, I never read them, but I believe it is Sir Duncan the Tall and Aegon Targaryen. Um, Jeez, I haven't read Game of Thrones uh, in forever, and I haven't watched it yet. I haven't even watched the first season of House of Dragon. Um, I should probably watch that soon. I should probably watch that. But I keep... Every time I'm in a mood for it, I'm always like, man, I should probably read that book first. Um, What is it called? Fire and Blood? Yeah, I think Fire and Blood. There Will Be Blood is a movie, I believe, starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, is it Daniel Day-Lewis? Let's see here. Aha, yes, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, Paul Dano. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um, oh, it's on Paramount+. Plus. I might have to watch that sometime. I've heard it's very good, but yeah, I never got around to it. Um, I believe I've just seen the poster on Netflix about a million times when it used to be on that. Um, What am I talking about? Oh, yes. (laughs) House of the Dragon Season 2. Speaking of the first season, that is going to continue production. And I've got uh, a quote here from George R. R. Martin. He says, quote, The scripts for the eight Season 2 episodes were all finished months ago, long before the strike. Every episode has gone through four or five drafts and numerous rounds of revisions there will be no further revision, uh, excuse me, revisions, end quote. So that one is also continuing, hopefully without any, uh, any issues. Hopefully no horses die, no fires erupt. Um, that would be good. I, I he- obviously I heard that first season was, was very good, and I'm pretty excited. Um, but I just n- have not gotten around to it. One of these days, though. One of these days! Um... Is that the Honeymooners? That was a very terrible impression, um, but I believe that's the Honeymooners. Honeymooners. Wow. Uh, I'm talking too fast here. Let me let me just slow down a little bit. So next up on our list of projects that have been set back ever so slightly, this one, a personal personal favorite of mine, Something that I have talked about uh, ad nauseum and will continue to speak about uh, ad nauseum uh, for the next probably year or so until we get it. Uh, that's right. You guessed it. 
Daredevil Born Again. So this is the the first MCU television program to be affected. Um, production was halted, and the Writers Guild of America East set up a picket line at Silver Cup East, where filming was set to occur. So that's unfortunate. Um, that means that's probably going to get pushed back, depending on how long this, this strike goes. I'm assuming that we're not going to be seeing that anytime soon. Um, well, any, I mean, we were never going to see it anytime soon, but I'm assuming that it's going to be a, a much, a much further time. Um, hopefully this writer's guild strike does not go for a hundred days because that would be unfortunate. Hopefully everything gets, gets figured out nice and quick, but, uh, I, I, I find that unlikely, <laughs> unfortunately. So Daredevil is getting, probably going to end up getting pushed back. They, they haven't obviously announced that because I'm sure everybody's hoping that the strike ends quickly. Um, but yeah, presumably the date for that is going to be much further than I would like. Um, continuing along the MCU, we have Blade. Uh, geez. So this is the first major feature film that was paused because of this. And I'm sure you may remember... <laughs> this is, I believe, the second time that production as this is production on this has been paused. Uh, the first time was because the original director left, and now the writer that picked that was uh, that was picked up is also obviously not going to be doing his work uh, for fear of retaliation. Um, so that that's really unfortunate. Obviously, the saga of of. Uh, woe <laughs> that that is following Blade just continues to deepen, um, which really sucks. I know Shade is obviously super excited to see that he loves Blade. I'm not sold on Blade, but I do love Mahershala Ali. He's quite a guy. Um, I'm a little upset because, man, I would have liked to have seen him as Cottonmouth in a Luke Cage, in an actual MCU Luke Cage show. I think that would have been good. I mean, that Netflix show was phenomenal. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, it is a little bit weird. It is a little bit weird that they, they casted him when he's already been in a Marvel Marvel production. I mean, obviously, you know, they've, they've recasted before. They recasted Cassie in... Um, whatever that movie's called, Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> they recasted her, and, you know, obviously they had the different the the different actors for Spider-Man and No Way Home, so it's like, you know, it is what it is. Although, I could be wrong about this, but off of the top of my head, this is the only guy in the MCU who, who would have played two separate characters from two separate timelines. I didn't I didn't think about that beforehand. That's something I'll have to fact check. So if I'm wrong, you know, go ahead and, and call me on that. But I believe he is. I don't think anybody else has been has been swapped. Swapped? Is that the right word? Has had their character swapped is probably more accurate. Um But yeah, that's that's gonna be pushed back. I mean they were previously eyeing to start production. Uh they were looking to start the production in at the end of this month in late May. Um, I would assume at the very least, you know, this, this strike is going to go on for another couple weeks, which means that that's 
obviously not going to happen. Um, so that that's unfortunate. That means we're probably going to not going to get that for like another six years or something. We'll be in phase eight by the time that finally gets pushed out. But, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I'm not particularly bothered by that one um, because, like I said, I'm not super fascinated in Blade as a character. But I was interested to see uh, the various ways in which they were going to plan or they were going to introduce the sort of more mystical side of of the Marvel Universe. I mean, we talked about this when we did our um, our special spooky season episode, our review of uh, Werewolf by Night. We talked about how both Shade and I were pretty excited for that. Um, and I, I do want to see more of uh, Kit Harington's Black Knight, uh, speaking of Game of Thrones. Um, I, I do want to see more of him. I think I, I, I'm still upset <laughs> that he had that he had basically um, two lines in in the Eternals. That still irritates me, but you know, whatever. Okay, sorry. I was looking up to see if um, if they they had any any update on the Jon Snow Game of Thrones TV show. If that had been kicked back, but I hadn't I hadn't heard anything. Evidently, there. I mean, it looks like according to this this um. Uh, what am I trying to say? This article, there we go, that I just skimmed, uh, it's, it's, they announced it, but then I've released nothing further yet. So, you know, that's obviously probably three, four years away. Um, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I, I see, I don't, I don't, I'm not too, you know, well-versed in the, the industry as it were to really come down fully on a side um, as, you know, a consumer, I am irritated, <laughs> I am irritated that, uh, things are, are gonna inevitably be pushed back a couple months, um, but, you know, I, like I said, I, I understand the need, um, you know, these contracts are old, uh, these, <laughs> they're old, and they don't reflect the, the landscape as it is nowadays, what with the, uh, the ubiquitousness, ubiquitousness, I believe that's the right word, ubiquity is I know a word, I'm sure ubiquitousness is a word, but it just doesn't sound correct in my mouth, um, what was I saying, oh yes, the, uh, the fact that the streaming services have taken over and the entire business model as far as television has changed, I understand the need to, to rewrite some contracts and fix things so that they are more, more reasonable on behalf of the writers, so only time will tell, you know, if it goes on too long, I'm going to start to get real mad, <laughs> I'm going to start to get real mad and start blaming people, but for now, you know, the quote-unquote damage to these shows is is relatively minimal. It, from what I'm hearing, the the things, the projects that are impacted the most are the late night shows. And frankly, I don't care. I've never watched late night television. Um, it's always seemed awkward to me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm I'm a weirdo. Maybe it's because I was just you know raised on a different. Uh, style of television. I just never clammed on to that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because, you know, my parents never never watched that when I was around. And so because of that, I, I know nothing about it. For whatever reason, 
I don't particularly care. <laughs> but they, if you do care, evidently they will be running reruns, which is a little bit weird uh, because I sort of thought that those at least vaguely covered like active topics. At least as far as like, you know, what wh- what were the ones that I said? Like Colbert, you know, Bill Maher, um, let's see who else? Kimmel, I think as well. You know, The Daily Show for sure. I mean, I, I thought in last week tonight with Oliver, um, it's weird. Like I sort of, I thought those were like, partially news so like you know obviously they're they're comedy but like the comedy i thought was based on news and so it's like weird to run reruns of that maybe maybe i'm wrong because like i said i've never i've never seen i've never watched a full episode um so maybe that's not what they're really like but i don't know uh but i guess (laughs) i guess that's probably enough on this writer's guild um Hopefully everything gets worked out and everybody gets their bag, you know, gets some cash, and it's uh, every, it's worth everybody's everybody's time. Um, but moving on, we have this one is one that we don't really know a lot about. This was a story that just caught my eye and I was kind of interested in. Um, I might follow it a little bit more as we get a little closer to the date, um, but a show entitled Twilight of the Gods which is already a dope name, uh, is being helmed by Zack Snyder. Obviously, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Zack Snyder. I think his his work is pretty good. Um, you know, despite some issues, <laughs> some issues I have with a few of his, his movies. I mean, obviously, you know, 300 is, is visually stunning. It's an incredible graphic novel adaptation. Watchmen, the same thing, visually stunning, a a, a wonderful adaptation. Um, Snyder's cut of the Justice League was great. And uh, I obviously liked, I mean, I'll talk for, you know, six hours straight (laughs) about how much I like Man of Steel. Um, It it is an incredible movie. I loved it. Um, if you want, <laughs> I'll go into detail. No, uh, I'm sure you all know how I feel about, about Man of Steel, but, and like, you know, like I've said, even Dawn of Justice, you know, it was good up until the, it was good up until the, uh, the final, the end there where it sort of got a little, <laughs> a little iffy, but he's working on a, quite a few things. So Rebel Moon, which is, uh, I believe, a movie that he's being produced for Netflix, and is, has an accompanying game, which I'm really excited for. The promo for that looked pretty dope, but the actual point, <laughs> the actual point of this, uh, this story is Twilight of the Gods, um, which is a show that is reportedly going to be about Norse mythology. I believe it is also. Uh, a Netflix original. Um, And this is going to be produced by an animation team called... Jeez. Zillum Animation? Zillum Animation? I don't know. It is is spelled X-I-L-A-M Animation. Um, And this is the studio that did, uh, I believe... Chippendale Park Life for for Disney Plus, you know, not something that I I watched, um, and I don't know, I don't know if it was particularly incredible, but 
it looks interesting. Oh, this is, this is, a. This 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 reminds me of like the animation style is very like Looney Tunes, uh, meets like, uh, sort of Mickey. Um, this dog even looks kind of like, not Goofy. Um, what's Goofy's dog's name? Uh, doesn't doesn't Goofy have a pet dog? Pluto. That's right, Pluto. Um, he looks exactly like Pluto. Is it literally Pluto? Oh no, the collar is different. He's got a blue collar in this, but it's literally the exact same like breed of dog as well as like coat color as Pluto. So that's a little confusing. <laughs> but um, so this studio, they're mostly a French animation studio, and they haven't done uh, much to break into the mainstream of the United States. But they did receive uh, a nomination at the Academy Awards for Best Animated film oh geez what is it what is it called i lost my body i believe is the one nope oh no i was right it was i lost my body yeah it was nominated uh uh for best animated feature it wasn't this year though it was the the 92nd oscars so it was a couple years ago um but that make that that clears that up i was confused i thought that name was familiar but then i looked at the date Uh, it was just because um I was I was confused, but this uh, this series is reportedly going to be two D animation, and it will quote uh, include spectacular battles and special effects in the distinctive style that has characterized Zach's work throughout his illustrious career. End quote. So that that does bode well. It sounds pretty cool. Obviously, um, spectacular battles. You know, my my first instinct goes straight to. Uh, 300 because well that whole film is essentially one long battle (laughs) well two battles mostly but they are very visually stunning Um, I wonder how this is going to transfer to uh, animation but I'm I'm incredibly interested Um, and that being said I it it is uh, two of the episodes I believe are going to be directed by Zack Snyder but he is uh, working uh in a, a, a direct capacity throughout the whole series. Um, and it was the idea I believe comes from him. Um, now on the actual casting of this show, we've got some interesting names. Uh, some, some of these I'm, I'm, I'm aware of and some of them I'm not, but we have John Noble as Odin, Patterson Joseph as Loki, Corey Stoll as, oh man. Um, Hrafunkel? Hrafunkel? Hrafunkel. Uh, it's spelled... <laughs> we've, got, we've got some interesting interesting names uh, th- this episode. Um, his name is spelled H-R-A-F-N-K-E-L. Hrafunkel. Um, I'm sure there's... I'm definitely, you know... Wouldn't it be funny if I was actually pronouncing that exactly correct? Um, but no, there's definitely something wrong there. Um, maybe this is like a name that uh, is is like has been anglicized, um, and it's missing letters from from the language. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> for joining joining them, uh, we have Jamie Chung as Hell, um, Christopher Kifju 
as Antvari. The, that is, oh man, we got a lot of Game of Thrones, came a lot of a lot of Game of Thrones homies in this in this episode. Christopher was um um, jeez, what's that guy's name in Game of Thrones? Um, I I want to say it starts with a T. Ooh, this is really gonna irritate me. Uh, let's see here. His name should definitely definitely be in the top cast. He's great. Um, Tormund. There we go. That's what it was. Tormund Giants Bane. Yes, one of the wildlings. He's a good guy. What a fun character. Um, but yes, he's going to be playing Andvari. We have Peter Stormare as Ulfur. Um, what have I? What What do I remember Peter Stormare from? Uh, let's see. He was in Armageddon and Fargo. Oh, he did the voice of somebody in Destiny too. That's pretty interesting. Um, but I'm thinking of a game. What video game was he in? It was a fairly old game. Um, I want to say it was like a horror game. Until Dawn. That's what it was. That was a fun game. Kind of weird. I'm going to have to play that again. That was fun. Shade and I, we'll have, to, we'll have to play that. That was a good one. That'd be a fun one to stream because it's one of those ones where, um, you know, your choices directly impact whether or not a character lives or dies. Uh, throughout the story he was like the um I, I don't think i finished the game so i can't remember if he was technically the villain or if he was just like the narrator or what his his actual capacity was but but he was in that in a a, a pretty major role i think Han- hayden panettiere is in that game too mm, curious <laughs> anyways rounding out the cast list we have Another name that I'm just going to horribly mispronounce. We have uh, Pilu Azbek. Pilu Azbek as Thor. Um, you can, you guys can can try and see if I'm doing this right. You know, fact check me here. Pilu is P I L O U, and Azbek is A S B A E K. But it's like one of those. Um, I don't know what the the letter is called, but it's like an A and the E together, and they're kind of um, like uh, um, like the A is kind of slanted. What's it called? It doesn't have a name, I guess. Representing the Latin diphthong A E. Well, that doesn't exactly help me, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those. So I don't know if you can. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, it was also used in Old Swedish before it being changed to A with an umlaut, I believe that's called. Uh, no. Di- oh my. Diaresis. What the heck? Oh no, it is an umlaut. Okay, okay. Umlaut or di- Okay, guys. So this is basically going to be the episode where where we just discuss entomology, I guess. Or, wait. Entomology is bugs. <laughs> Etymology is words. Isn't entomology bugs? Yes, insects. Entomology is bugs. Etymology is is uh, the origin of words. Um, man, this is a weird this is a weird tangent to go on, guys. Jeez, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's one that's that's a a, a, a series that I'm kind of interested in. Um, I wonder. 
I wonder when we're going to see anything about this. <laughs> I would very much like like to see some anything. Uh a little a little teaser, um something something along those lines. I would be interested because I want to know whether or not I'm going to like this. This is something I I literally don't know anything about. Um the the uh, what am I trying to say? The synopsis is an animated series inspired by Norse mythology. The Twilight of the Gods refers to events that led to the destruction of Midgard and Asgard, then the death of most of the Aesir and Vanir gods in an ultimate battle against evil, the forces of nature, and the giants. Hmm. Oh, Jessica Henwick is in it. Oh, that's great. She was... um. Wow, I can't remember anybody's name or anything that they've been in today. She was in um with uh Iron Fist. That's right. And her name was Colleen, Colleen Wing. She was really cool. I do like her. I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. Um She hasn't been in much lately, it looks like. Oh, she was in the Matrix Res- the Matrix Resurrections. I haven't seen that one. Uh I heard it was trash, so I've been avoiding watching it for the past 2 years now. <laughs> Um, but she's playing somebody by the name of Sandra Diga, I believe. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, kind of, kind of interested. I, uh, I want to see a little teaser to see what's going on there. Um, that's probably one that I'll, if it's only, you know, I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but I'll probably watch it. You know, sometimes I'm into animated stuff, but sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Um, but yes, as that, uh, if we have anything further about that in the coming weeks, I'll be sure to to keep you to keep you all uh, keep you all up to date. I'm sure you're as as interested as I am. Um, but moving on, we have something some some news regarding Andor season two, uh, specifically the timeline. So, as uh, I believe Dad and I discussed on our re- review of the first season. There were some questions regarding uh, what the second season was was really going to cover. Um, I believe that we had been told that it was going to lead directly into Rogue One, or maybe that was at a later time that we learned that, but we didn't know to what extent. Um, and so there were questions about the sort of personality that we would be seeing from Andor, um, the stakes of of the season, and uh, how this is going to lead into into the future, but. We now have uh, another some updates from the cast and crew. So, reportedly, the second season is going to take place over four years, which is kind of weird. Um, the first season, notably, took place over one year, and now, <laughs> and it kind of felt like a little jam packed with uh, all the various uh, shenanigans that Cassian was involved in. Um, and reportedly, this one is going to take place over four years. So, just reading that, I'm a little bit worried that the chronology of the season, the format of the episodes, is sort of going to be all over the place, and it's not going to feel quite like it's a cohesive story. I am sure I'm there's there going to be an overarching tale that relates all of these things, but it's it's going to feel a little bit more awkward knowing that, oh you know, there's, there's a whole year between this episode and this episode. Um, 
But that being said, they've told us that every three episodes will focus on one year. So again, it's going to be junk, uh, junked, chunked, chunked. Uh, it's going to be broken up into uh, four three-episode chunks with each taking place over a year. So I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> this is weird. I don't know why they would necessarily do it like this. Um, I, f- I just feel like... I mean, I guess I don't necessarily... You know, it's obviously, you know, a little too <laughs> too early to tell. Um but I just feel like, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird that they would change the chronology quite so much. Um, but Tony Gilroy, the showrunner, has said that the final three episodes are going to take place during the three days leading up to Rogue One. So presumably at the end of the season is going to be the, uh, I would assume, immediately before... Uh, the first scene of Cassian in Rogue One, you know, he's where he's meeting that Imperial informant and, uh, you know, <laughs> let's just say uh, unalives him in a sort of unscrupulous manner. But so that's that is interesting. That is interesting. Um, I, 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 I can't remember. Man, it's been so long since uh, I saw the season and since we reviewed it that I can't exactly remember what I said. So maybe this isn't exactly what I said, but it is intriguing to see the immediate lead up to the movie. Um, Part of me was a little bit worried that it was going to be like, you know, they weren't going to necessarily run directly into each other, but they were going to be tangentially related. I think I like the idea that it is like a cohesive story. Um, It's going to make, I feel like it's going to make the flow of the age of rebellion a little bit better. And I'm pretty excited for that. Um, In addition to leading directly up to the film, uh, they have said that the show will reportedly have many more connections to the film. Though, unfortunately, it looks like Jin Erso is not going to be reprising her role. I didn't think she would, frankly. I didn't see a way that she could. Um, but she was cool. Felicity Jones, that was a cool character. It would have been something pretty interesting to see. But like I said, you know, there would have been... I, I don't foresee a way where they could have added her in there and made it make sense. <laughs> Uh, as much as I do like her, but so honestly, that's probably for a better, for the better. Um, but in this interview, Diego Luna has said that the risks of this season are going to be very different, uh, but they didn't elaborate on what that means. <laughs> um, they said that the conflict between the rebellion and the empire and the empire, geez, the empire is going to be much more intense. Um, so that's I'm I'm here for it, you know. I we I mean Dad and I just talked about how we like to see the beginnings of the rebellion and how how something like this would form and how the the people would slowly start to like rise up against this fascistic authoritarian government. Um and I'm I really I really hope that um they they Okay, so here's the deal. As much I love Cassian, but Part of me hopes that the focus isn't necessarily on him, and I hope that the focus is on the rebellion. Because, it, it, you know, obviously in the first season, 
he falls into the rebellion. You know, it is a, a, a story of a year in the life of Cassie and Andor, and then he happens to end up in, in the rebellion. It's not necessarily a story of the rebellion starring Cassie and Andor. I kind of hope the opposite is true. I kind of hope this is a rebellion story starring Andor rather than an Andor story that has the rebellion in it. And I, I mean, obviously it's, it's a little, it's difficult to compare the two because the first season, obviously we focus on Andor because he wasn't involved with the rebellion. Whereas in this, he would is going to be directly involved in the rebellion. And so obviously that aspect is going to take more of a forefront. Um, I just hope that they lean a little bit more into that. I want to see more of Luthen. I want to see more of Saw Gerrera. Um, I want to see some guerrilla fighting going on. And I kind of want... I Obviously, I talked about this. I want to see more of Mon Mothma. I want to see the sort of political maneuvering that goes along with secretly building a rebellion. And uh, I really hope that at some point in this, we get to see um, some people from Rebels. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little cameo. I mean, I talked about this on the review of the, of the season, um, but we're in the first season of Andor, we started to see the beginning of Mon Mothma questioning the empire and the beginning of her uh retracting and and leaving and uh fleeing from the empire and so in this season i hope we get to see just a little a little a little cameo where mon mothma gives her speech where she's announcing she's leaving the empire and then we see the ghost you know i'm not saying we need to see everybody that they need to be directly involved. If it could just be like a little cameo where Mon Mothma's like, I'm heading out, I'm going to meet some homies who are going to protect me, something like that. And we know uh, that it's directly, she's talking about the ghost crew. I think that would be fun. Um, If they don't do that, I will be severely disappointed. (laughs) Uh, And I think it's a lost opportunity to uh, connect these, the animation to the live action. But I mean, I've gushed about how good, you know, Rebels is before. Um, and so, and I've talked about, I've, you know, I'm, I want any, <laughs> any animated character, any animated storyline to come to, into live action. I'm all for it. So I, I, part of me feels like they're not going to do that though, just because it's a little, I don't know, a little too obvious, maybe whatever it is what it is. We will see. We will see. I am. Uh, I'm super excited for this. Um, let's see. When is it going to come out again? Production, I believe, uh, just ended, or or no, rather, they are as of April 11th. They were halfway through shooting, so they are going to be. Um, if I remember correctly, they said that they were expecting to finish filming in August of 23, and then there's going to be about a year of post-production, so we should expect it by August of 24. That was the last I had heard. Um, I hope that that remains the case. You know, if anything, move it up, baby. <laughs> you know, any anytime we can get that sooner, I'm, I'm here for it. I hope we get more... Um, more stories from this era 
you know, despite the fact that this is where the universe started, I feel like we don't really have a lot of of uh, content from the Age of Rebellion. You know, I mean, well, let's think about it. We have Solo, um, but that doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count um, because it has nothing to do with really the Empire. Um, we have obviously Andor, and then. Rogue One, and I I think that's really it, isn't it? Um, oh, Kenobi, Kenobi, yep, that's fair. Um, I can't think of anything else. Um, let me see if I can find this this timeline. Um, so let's see, from the Age of Rebellion, yeah, we've got Solo, Kenobi, Andor, uh, Rebels. I guess I didn't mention that now, but I did mention it earlier. And then Rogue One, yeah, and then we're at A New Hope, and we're in the original trilogy. Um, hmm. so yeah, I really hope, I really hope we get more stuff from this time period. I think it's, um, I feel like it's a missed opportunity to really, to really showcase some more stuff. Hmm. I don't know. There's, I don't, maybe there's, hmm, sorry. <laughs> I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of making noises now. Um, I'm going to have to read some extended universe, some, some, some legends, books to see if there's any other fascinating stories that I think should should be adapted um but I can't really think of any off the top of my head from what we've seen in the various in the various um projects on film or tv if there's any threads that need to be picked up I mean I think it would be cool to see a little bit of Kanan Jarrus's um early life but that's tough because you can't really do that as live action. Um, maybe you can. I, I you I guess you could, but it would be weird. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. is getting kind of up there in age. He did the voice for him in the um, in the in the show. How old is he? Oh, seventy six. Oh, so, sorry, Dad. <laughs> he's a year younger than you, and I'm like, yeah, he's getting up there in age. Um, man. Um, but. You know, so I mean, he can't really do it. Obviously, he's in his forties, um, and it, it would be weird if it's somebody else. But I guess he's younger, so like, I don't know. Whatever, um, not important. I just want to see more from that era and more in the style of of Andor and Rogue One. I think that would be that would be interesting. More of the the grounded the grounded universe. Um, but yes, that's coming out uh, in a, a year and a half from now, uh, you know, barring any major setbacks. Moving on to our final story of the week, we have uh, an upcoming film called The Life of Chuck, which is not in any way related to the Chuck TV series, unfortunately. Um, this is actually an adaptation of a short story from Stephen King's anthology, uh, If It Bleeds. Now, I believe this was um, an anthology that he released in 2020, so this is not one of the ones that I have read yet. Um, yeah, April 21st of 2020. It's got a, it's got a, a moderately decent scores. Huh. This is, I, yeah, I, uh, there was a while when I was in high school where I was going through a pretty strong um, Stephen King phase, so maybe I'll have to get back into it, read that. That'll be interesting, but... This uh, The adaptation for this film was written 
before the the Writers Guild strike, so this is not going to suffer from that. Um, it is set to be directed by Mike Flanagan, a veteran of Stephen King adaptations. He has done Doctor Sleep and Gerald's Game, uh, both of which, uh, well, not both of which. I haven't seen Doctor Sleep, but I heard it was good. Gerald's Game, I really enjoyed. Uh, it was obviously weird because it's a sort of it's a weird concept. Um, a woman gets tied to a bed uh, in the, the um, uh, how do I put this politely? Because this is a, <laughs> a, a PG-13 rated show. Um, in, in the sexual relations, she's tied to the bed and then her, her husband, uh, this is not a spoiler because it happens in like the first 10 minutes. Her husband has a heart attack and then she has to, you know, struggle to to uh to to free herself it's a really it's a really good movie um the short story was was interesting as well um mike flanagan also directed a film called hush which i don't believe is uh, a stephen king adaptation but i watched it on netflix years ago um and i thought it was incredible uh, it's about a deaf and mute writer who is living in the woods, and uh, the the short story of it is that somebody uh, tries to break into her house. It is um, it's a really, a really good film, I thought, and it was it was very um, minimalist in that you know it mostly just took place in this one house. There's only like five or six people in the cast. It's a, it's actually, I I would recommend it. I would recommend it. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, I don't know if it's still on Netflix. Like I said, I watched it years ago, but it's, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, and he also was the director of the haunting of Hill house and of blind manor, both of which I haven't seen, but were obviously widely lauded when they were released. Uh, got a lot of praise. Everybody was talking about them for about a week straight, and then nobody ta- has talked about them since. Um, such is uh, the world we live in. Now, this film, uh, I mentioned at the outset, we've got a bit of a stacked cast. Um, stacked is probably a bit of an over-exaggeration. I believe we only have two, <laughs> two, two official castings, but they are both uh, some big hitters. We have Tom Hiddleston, who will be playing the titular Chuck, and we have Mark Hamill. Speaking of Lord of the, Lord of the Rings, oh my lord! <laughs> we have Mark Hamill. Speaking of Star Wars, uh, he's going to be playing Albi, who is Chuck's grandfather. Now, I have done a little bit of background research into this. I didn't want to do too much uh, because. Like I said, I want kind of want to read it for myself, but evidently the short story is split into three acts, and they move in reverse chronological order. Um, and uh, the short story itself depicts the character's life, presumably Chuck, as he reckons with the inevitability of death and other themes. So that seems pretty interesting. Um I, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of Stephen King. You know, I haven't read much of his actual novels, but I, his short stories I've read quite a few of. Um, I, I think my favorite one is probably 1923. That one's a classic uh, about a, a farmer uh, who murders his wife. I think I did, I have I've actually you know read that three times read in air quotes because i think i read it once and I, i've listened to it twice on audible 
Um, it's it's a really good one. Uh, I believe there's a there's a, a movie on Netflix as well. I liked it. It wasn't as good, but it was still pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I I probably give it maybe a seven out of ten. You know, not the best, but still still pretty interesting. Um. Anyways, <laughs> the life of Chuck. This is one that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be trying to read. Maybe if I can find the book somewhere, um, we can do a review of that in preparation for the the release date of the film. I don't even know if they have announced a release date. Um, I think this is really early on, so they might not have have released one or not, might not have announced one rather. Let's see. No, it does not look like it. The um, it just says twenty twenty four here. Um, oh, that's such a good picture of Mark Hamill. Oh, he looks he looks so young and vibrant there. Man, what a good guy! I it's gonna be a, you know, I'm not what many would consider a touchy feely or a crying man. But when we lose Mark Hamill, I probably will burst into tears. Uh, you know, obviously Luke Skywalker. The Joker, probably in one of my favorite Jokers, one of the best to ever do it, one of the most incredible Joker voices of all time. Man, he's a good guy. He's doing a lot of stuff now. He's doing a lot of a surprising amount of work, um, considering his advanced age. But that's all we've got for this week. Um, I'm sure you have noticed, or maybe you haven't noticed, <laughs> but uh, the quality of our Instagram posts has increased ever so slightly. We have, uh, and by we, I mean I, have bought a, a subscription to Adobe, the Adobe Creative Cloud, and so we've been trying to, um, you know, get involved in the actual news posting algorithm rather than just uh, posting stuff on our story. So um, if, you f if you would enjoy, <laughs> if you would feel so kind as to uh you know give those a like if there's any any news stories that interest you um go ahead and dm them to us if you like the post that we make go ahead and share them with uh with somebody who uh who you think might be interested in it but um but yeah so also on our instagram the link in our bio is that beacons page and uh as of when this episode goes live our merch sale starts so with the uh the link to the merch will be the top link there um i believe it is entitled merch with an exclamation point uh and i think it's even bouncing around or something i believe i added an animation of some sort to make it uh make it attract your attention so if you would not mind if you would be so kind um if you would if you would please um um i'm trying to think of other other things to to describe how emphatically i would like you to to do this um if you wouldn't mind <laughs> please uh going and buying a shirt or two we got shirts you know t-shirts crewnecks we got some pretty cool colors um we thought we liked the design we think they're uh they're classy as you could tell from from the ad in the beginning there but yeah with that uh we will we'll catch you next week 